Cool. Hey, Jess did a great job, didn't she? Thank you, Jess, one of our amazing youth. Uh, it's just so good seeing you this morning. I love all these pre-records that we do because it's always a bit of a gamble who's actually going to be on the stage introducing it. So uh, we, all, we all had a bit of a chuckle in the room. Maybe you did at home as well. Hey, wasn't it just so fantastic watching uh, Heather and Jake about Bridge? Isn't that amazing? Um, you know, fantastic uh, interview, by the way, guys. We got so much from that. But I just want to say this is one of those moments as, as a church family, we should just pause and say, wow, Lord, look what you're doing in us and through us and how we are impacting the community around us. And, you know, going into COVID as, uh, as a care centre, you can appreciate an extremely busy time and a time of stretching. But um, what God has been doing is working behind the scenes in us and through us and getting us ready for this next chapter and bridges that next chapter. As Heather said, we're not taking anything away. We're building upon what God has already done with our food bank and our other ministries such as Refuel and Kit. And so just so excited about what God is doing. And so I want to just pause and pray uh, and, um, and then we can move on. Lord, I want to thank you that um, <laughs> you trust us enough that um, as we have tried, oh Lord, to be faithful in all that you've given us, you have given us more. And I want to thank you for Heather, for Jake, for Jerry, Yvonne, and the rest of the amazing Care Centre team, such amazing volunteers. Thank you for the trustees who have supported us on this journey as well. Uh, and thank you, Lord, for Bridge. This is a vision that has been on our hearts for a while, and now is the time, Lord. You have provided all that we need, Lord, um, and we are just so excited. We pray, Lord, for so much fruit from Bridge as we move forward, Lord, that people would come to know you and to know you more. Lord, as your word says, man does not live on bread alone, but the very word of God. So, Lord, we just pray a blessing on Bridge and all those that are part of it, we ask in your precious name. Amen. Good stuff. Wonderful. Well, um, as uh, Freya and Richard said earlier, we are the final talk of the Stand Strong series. I hope uh, it has been a blessing to you. And thank you for all the emails and messages I have uh, and the team have been receiving uh, each week. I'm glad it has been of benefit to you. And it's worth reminding ourselves, as, uh, as Richard said, as I attempt to put all the threads together, remind ourselves why we have been in this series. Well, the, 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 the answer is, the clue is in the title, Stand Strong, because we are in a season where we need to stand strong. And the whole point of uh, Ephesians 6, 10, as Paul ends um, the, the epistle, this letter to the church in Ephesus, he's saying, listen, we've got to be aware that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You know, what you see is not what you see kind of thing. And we kind of know that, don't we? We know that as we make a choice to push in all that God has for us, and that's where Paul spent the bulk of his time in the letter to the church in Ephesus, saying this is what it means. Given that you're saved, this is what it means to live as a Christian, to walk in that thing called holiness, which is to be set apart for him. And as you extend God's kingdom, as you fulfill the Great Commission, listen and realize that it's not going to be easy because the devil and his schemes 
are going to attempt to knock you down. And so Paul says, listen, stand strong and then put on the full armour. And so that is the context of this series, which is saying, listen, if we want to move forward in all that God has for us, hands up if you wish to do so. And thank you for putting your hands up at home as well. Then we need to be aware that, hey, good news, God has provided us with an armour that we can wear. An armour that has been fashioned for us. A bespoke cut armour that has your name on it. An armour not that you have to produce yourself, but an armour that God has prepared for you to walk in. I don't know about you, but it gets me excited. I've always wanted a tailored bespoke suit. And now I get an armour. How cool is that? And so you can find it. Why don't you jump with me to uh, Ephesians 6? And um, we're going to look at, uh, I'm going to just jump through uh, the verses from 10 to 18. What have we looked at? Uh, It says on verse 14, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And the, the, the second week we looked at the belt of truth. In fact, we looked at that in two parts. What, is, what was the belt and what is truth? The truth of, of walking in truth and integrity, but also part two, we looked at walking in the truth of who God is and who we are in God. And then we looked at putting on the breastplate of righteousness, walking in righteousness that comes from Jesus, that protects our hearts, because we looked at everything we do flows from the heart. And then what do we look at? Then um, Denise came up and did an amazing job looking at the readiness given by the gospel of peace, those sandals that we put on. And that was good just to unpack what that gospel message, message is. Why can it give us peace? Well, the good news is that we can have peace with God through Jesus who died on the cross for us. And that these sandals enable us to spread that good news to others. And then we looked on In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. And we looked at what faith is. Faith is the assurance of that which we hope for, the title deeds. It is the conviction of things that we cannot see. You know, there is a difference between something that's imaginary and something that is invisible. Let me say that again. There is is a difference between something that is imaginary and something which is invisible. I think that's helpful to know, isn't it? Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. We, only, we know that true. When the wind blows, it's been blowing a bit recently, hasn't it? In fact, one of our plants got knocked over and the lovely plant pot cracked. There you go. <laughs> but can you see the wind? Not really. You see the effects of it. You see, the wind is not imaginary, but it is invisible. And so we looked at this thing called faith and how what is the Christian hope? Christian hope that we are with Jesus and that we will be with him. And we looked at how that protects us from those fiery arrows. What else did we look at? The helmet of salvation. How the knowledge that we are saved, but also how we walk in our salvation. Salvation is a gift of God, not by works, lest any man will boast. As Paul says, it is a gift by grace through faith in Christ alone and how that protects your mind. And last week, I was Grateful to Chris, our founding pastor, did such an amazing job unpacking for us the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. And I loved how he looked at those three areas that the enemy will attack us on, our identity, our significance, and our purpose. And if you missed any of those talks, you know what I'm going to say next? Of course, you can catch up online, thevineyardchurch.co.uk forward slash talks. Or why not get our smartphone or mobile device app that you can catch up on as well? 
Now, whew, I hope that was a good summary. Now, now, you would be forgiven for thinking that's it, done and dusted. What else are we going to look at? Because it is true that there are no other pieces of the armor. We have gone through them all. Um, but I would be remiss, and you would be remiss also, if we didn't finish off the sentence that Paul ends on this, because herein, therein lies a most important thing, and it is this, prayer. And with that, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask one of these lovely guys here to uh, pick up my water, which I keep forgetting to bring up with me, and uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to unpack that together. So let us pray. Thank you, Richard. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us and that you loved us so much that you sent your only son to die for us in order that we can have relationship restored with you, in order that we can commune with you, in order that we can pray to you, Lord. Forgive us where we have taken prayer for granted. Forgive us where we have not pressed in Forgive us, Lord. But Lord, we recognize all of us that there is a yearning and a stirring and a leaning towards you from our hearts. And Lord, that is what you are wanting to speak to us about this morning. A way in which we can commune with you in a new level. Lord God, I feel wholly inadequate, to be honest, to talk on this subject. Being a babe in it as I am. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would anoint me to preach your word, to unpack your truth, and to deliver it in such a way, Lord, that we can all move in newness of life as we leave this building and as we leave our laptop or computer device. Lord God, you are a God of change. You are a God of life. And your word is truth, and it is life, and your word brings freedom. And I pray, Lord, that as we move from this place after this word, we will have a new freedom in prayer. That is my prayer, Lord Jesus. So Lord, I ask that you just, um, just stir us and open our eyes and open our ears. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would just protect us from any distractions that the enemy would throw at us, knowing that our battle is not against flesh and blood. And Lord, I pray for fruit from this word, that as it is sent forth, it would accomplish that which you have ordained it to. And everyone said... Amen. Wonderful. Well, listen, the thing about prayer, to be honest, is it's a hugely complex subject. And uh, I could, and we have done before, if you look on our talks website, uh, webpage, you'll find many a series on prayer. It's such an important thing. And so let me just say from the get-go, this talk is not designed to give you an exhaustive um, compendium on prayer. But what it is designed is to give you a spark and to move into and some, and some practical principles on what you can take to grow in prayer, because that's the thing about prayer. Prayer is like an oversized coat. You know, I remember Steph and I, when uh, beautiful wife is up there with the kids in the balcony again, hello, darling, hello, kiddies. And uh, you know, it's like we have kids, when, when they're ready for school, you get them these coats that are a little bit too big, and they'll go, but look, my, my hands. Don't worry, darling, you'll grow into it. We, we've all been there, haven't we? And this is the thing about prayer, you see. Um, you grow into it as you do it. Prayer is not a thing that you think about and you read about. Yes, you should, 
But ultimately, we grow in prayer into that big coat called prayer by actually doing it. And there are many questions that come from prayer, aren't they? Like this one. Why is it that we're called to pray when God is sovereign anyway? Have you ever thought that? It's a good question. I'm not going to necessarily answer that one for you this morning. Or what about, why is it, God, you don't always answer my prayers? That's a huge one, right? I might touch on that one a little bit. You see, prayer is complex, but let me say it is necessary. You know, I'm always reminded of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, and Jesus said this, when you pray. In fact, he said it, when you fast, when you give, you know, giving our tithes and our offerings is, is, is important, as is fasting. Fasting is a great spiritual discipline, actually. We should look at that another time, hey? And then he said, when you pray, and you only have to look at the model and life of Jesus. Listen, if the Son of God, and we know that Jesus was fully God and fully man, prayed and needed to pray, then hey, how much more do we need to pray? And so prayer is really such an integral part of our walk with the Lord. In fact, it isn't, there isn't a delineation between the two. They are intrinsically linked. And yet I find in my life, prayer can be one of those things that seems to just fall away. And I am excited about this morning and as we tie all these threads together because, together, because as Paul says, prayer, you see, is the thing that appropriates the armour. Prayer is the thing that puts the armour on and prayer is the thing that keeps it on. You see, you could be saying to me, man, these, these armours are great. I love the shield of faith. I love the belt. That's all great stuff, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I trust the Lord that you have grown in that over the past series. But the reality is, is if we don't pray through those things and seek God in those things in prayer, then it's like going to a museum. You know, when you go to those museums, that's a very nice shiny piece of armor. Look at that. That's lovely. Oh, it's even got my name on it. Oh, that's so nice. I've got some armor. But if you don't pray, you don't put it on. So let's read what Paul says then. It says this in Ephesians 6. I'm going to go from 17. I'm going to give myself a bit of a running jump. We take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Then verse 18, praying at all. Anyone want to underline all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints. This is not a separate section. This is the, the thing that ties it all together. And so, as I said, in a moment, what I'm going to do is we are going to go bit by bit through that, those two verses because what is in there are what I'm going to call six principles of prayer. I mean, call it tips if you like, but I like the word principles. It kind of sounds a bit more flashy, doesn't it? Six principles or tips of how we can pray. It's a bit of a starter pack for you, if you like. And we don't have to go too far to see that in that one line, that one sentence, we've got so much that we can leave this place or turn your laptop off or whatever you want to do and go and pray. But before I do that, in order to get, make sure we're all on the same page, because I don't want to assume that we all know what we're talking about, what is prayer fundamentally? What is prayer? Well, it is communion with our Father, isn't it? Through Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is being with him, essentially, because 
We are from him and of him. Prayer is that, that yearning, that outward expression of communion, of being with him in his presence. I kind of put it like this. It is the redeemed soul's desire to seek, to commune, and to be with our heavenly father. That ultimately is what prayer is. I, um, I have a number of books on prayer, and as I was flicking through, as I prepared this word, I came across uh, one of my, um, I love this book, it's very small, it's called The Path of Prayer by a pastor that I think it was in Norfolk called Samuel Chadwick, and he said this about prayer, prayer touches infinite extremes. It is so simple that a little child can pray, and it is so profound that none but a child heart can pray. I rather love that. Prayer is simple. It is that instinct in a baby to go for the breast for milk. It is that desire, that burning inside of us. And whether you are a child and say but one word, or you are much more mature in your journey, the words in many respects are are irrelevant because actually it's about the heart. Um, there was a guy called Montgom- James Montgomery. He was a good Yorkshire, uh, Yorkshireman. And um, this is, there was an old hymn he wrote, and I just want to read these two verses because this does such a better job of my inadequate words to sum up what prayer is. It says this, Prayer is the soul's sincere desire uttered or unexpressed, the motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the breast. Prayer is the simplest form of speech that infant's lips can try. Prayer, the sublimest strains that reach the majesty on high. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And that is it, isn't it? It's the soul's sincere desire, uttered or unexpressed, that disposition, that yearning for God. That is what prayer is. And yes, the words that we say are a reflection of that soul's desire. And before we look at these principles, to continue on that vein of just making sure we're on the same page, you know, there are many different types of prayer that we pray, aren't there? In fact, let me give you eight. I'm going to whack it up on the screen Uh, in the room and at home, and I'm not going to go into detail of these, but here's just some types of prayer. There's devotion or adoration. You know, who God is, that's what that is, who God is. It's an overflow of love. It's just speaking with him because we love him for who he is and worshipping him. You know, the line between worship and prayer, there is no line. When we talk about worship, normally in this context, we talk about it in the context of sung worship, but it is all worship. Number two, thanksgiving prayers. That's not who God is, but what God has done for us and for others. Thank you, Lord, that you've provided all that I need. Thank you, Lord, that you came for so-and-so. Number three, prayers of consecration or what we call contrition. And that's prayers of offering all of ourselves. And we see that throughout the scriptures. And I know you've prayed those prayers. Lord, I just give you all of myself. I just lay it all down. Just as it says in Romans 12, I offer all of myself as a living sacrifice. Would you come, Lord, and make yourself known? A prayer of lament. 
Now, you know, the Psalms are a wonderful example of laments, aren't they? Which is essentially, woe is me. And can I just say, God encourages you to be real. God is not looking for you to come to him when you've got it sorted, because if you think that, you'll never go to God. Uh, Lament is a great place. Lord God, please, why is this happening? God, why have you allowed this? Can you say that to God? Yes. Read the Davidic Psalms. What does Davidic mean? The Psalms written by David. And you'll see that they always mostly start with that. Number four, five, prayers of deliverance. What does that mean? Prayers of against oppression or injustice. I love hearing about Toby and that wonderful testimony. Bless you, Toby, that he was delivered from that mental anguish. And you know, we can pray that for others as well. And that might be literally spiritual deliverance where demons are cast out. Number six, prayers of supplication or petition, requests. Lord, I really need you to come for this. Lord, I really need those finances. Lord, I really need this. God wants to hear those requests. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you to say, you're, you're more holy than that. You don't need to go. Or the other lie, which is, well, God already knows what you need. No, you know, I know what my kids need, but it's such a blessing to me when they come to me and say, Daddy, I need so-and-so. Why? Because it's about relationship. I'm not an ATM machine. Well, I feel like it sometimes. <laughs> Number seven, prayers of intercession, intercessory prayer. What are these? Prayers when we pray for others, when we stand in the gap. And we say, Lord, for your name's sake, would you just come now? I just pray for so and so, Lord, that they would have a fresh revelation of who you are. Lord, would you meet them in their knees? I can't be there physically, Lord, but I pray they would know your peace, your presence. That's intercession. It's a great thing to do. And lastly, number eight, corporate prayer. We call that in the Bible prayer of agreement. And everyone says, amen, where two or more are gathered in my name. Now, there's more types of prayer. I mean, in the Bible, it talks about prayer of faith, which in in book of James, it does so in the context of healing prayer, but I've included this as part of um, supplication. And the other thing about these is that you don't pray pray in silos. In other words, you don't say, right, today I'm going to pray Thanksgiving done my thanksgiving, and then you walk away. They link together. You you read that in the Psalms, you know, they start with lament, and they move to thanksgiving, and then they move to adoration. And here's the thing, we need to be aware that we have these amazing types of prayers that we can pray. And I often, I'll start my day with thanksgiving. I think I've shared this before, I wake up, the first thing I do is I'm lying there, my eyes, thank you, Lord, for this new day, thank you for my wife, thank you for my children, thank you, Lord, for your provision, thank you that I have a, a safe place, et cetera, et cetera, because, God, you are just so wonderful and loving, and I thank you, Lord, and, Lord, today's a tough day, Lord, I just pray that you would just help me with so-and-so and that you may give me the strength for that. Oh, and, Lord, I'm just reminded of so-and-so. I just pray, Lord, you just bless them and they would know your goodness because, Lord, I just want to offer all of myself to you, Lord. I just, see? You see how we just go from all, isn't it amazing? I mean, it's prayer is exciting. And we're gonna look now, having looked at some of this and getting us on the same page, prayer is that communion with our Father and we can pray in different ways. We are gonna look then at what Paul and how Paul can instruct us and give us some tips on how we can pray. Are we ready? Okay, I know six sounds like a lot, but do not fear. We've got plenty of time, a good hour and a half. Just kidding. We've got a new clock up there, actually, and uh, it keeps throwing me every time. I've got no idea how long I've got, so I'm going to keep going until Richard waves at me or something. 
uh, or if I see you guys falling asleep. Uh, okay, here's the first one. Let's read this together and see the first principle that we can get from this. Paul says this, praying at, there we go. Simple, isn't it? Continually, praying continually. I'm reminded of 1 Thessalonians 5:17, where Paul says, pray without ceasing. Now, the rendering of pray at all times, you can render the Greek for that, pray in all seasons. Now, I think that's a helpful way to render it because what does season speak of? Speaks of the, the joy of spring, the peace of summer, anxiety of autumn, depression of winter. I don't know, you can see I'm stretching this, but actually it's a, fair, it's, it's a helpful picture because oftentimes you see we pray normally, and I'm sure none of you are like this, when we're in the depth of winter, to use that analogy, and we need something. Oh, God, help! But then when spring and summer comes, it's like, well, I don't need to pray. Everything's fine. But you see, what Paul is saying here is you've got to pray at all times. There is a prayer for each situation you find yourself in. You know, last week, um, we're part of a family connect group. By the way, if you're not in a connect group, get in a connect group. You've got to do life, connect with each other, connect with God, connect groups if you need help. Find in a connect group, go to our website or email us, office at the Vineyard Church. We'd love to connect you. And I've just been so blessed seeing all the brand new connect groups that have started during um, this COVID time and just hearing the testimonies of how there's been so much fruit from connect groups. Um, so yeah, get connected. But um, we're part of a family connect group. And last week, the guys of the connect group decided to get together for a beer. And there we were at the blacksmith arms outside shivering with our cold beer. I know it's strange, isn't it? We should have had hot chocolate or something. Um, but it was a wonderful time, irrespective of how freezing it was, to share. And one of the guys uh, shared, and I'm not going to say his name, I don't want to embarrass him, but he said, there's no reason to be embarrassed by this. It's just a wonderful thing. He said, you know what? Things are going great. You know, all, all the rest of us, five of us, like, yeah, this is challenging, this is challenging. And there's nothing wrong with that because we were lamenting. But one of these guys said, you know what? Actually, things are going really well. But I'm having to remember, he said, to realize that and to keep praying and seeking God and to give him thanksgiving. That's, that's a sign of maturity in the faith. Because that is so true. The danger of spring and summertime is that we forget to pray continually. But I want to encourage you. There is a prayer for all seasons. And the second thing we can look at in terms of pray without ceasing is this, that we can cultivate praying whatever we're doing. Let me give you a practical example. I won't ask you to put your hands up, but how many of you are thinking about something else while I'm talking? Don't put your hands up. For those at home, there was quite a lot of laughter here and nodding their heads, I'm just saying. But it's true, isn't it? God has given us an amazing ability to think about things as someone else is speaking or, you know, as we're washing up, we can think. And um, one of my favourite books is called Practicing the Presence, uh, written by a guy called Brother Lawrence. I've met, referenced this in a preach, I think, a couple of years ago. He was a 17th century French monk who worked in the kitchens. And he talked about how you cultivate a lifestyle of continual communion with the Lord. And I do that. I find occasion 
to be whatever I'm doing, speaking to the Lord. Recently, Steph and I were out with some friends for an evening meal outside. Less cold, there were some heaters. And we were talking about God and stuff, and I was continually praying as we were speaking, Lord, would you give me words? Lord, help me to understand what's happening, you know? Or I'm walking down the road and I'm speaking to someone and I'm praying. We can cultivate that lifestyle of continually praying. And when I use the word cultivate, I'm being deliberate because it is something you do need to cultivate. It isn't going to come out of the box and all of a sudden like a magic formula. Oh, look, I'm praying all the time. It isn't like that. You say, well, Mark, it's easy for you. You're a pastor. Hey, I'm not paid to pray, by the way. You should see my job description. I mean, it's expected, of course. But prior to being a pastor, I made a decision to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. And you need to make that same decision. If you want to grow in all that God has for you, if you want to grow in that coat of prayer, if you want to be able to stand strong and resist the enemy, if you want to appropriate that arm of God, then you need to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. And it's going to give you so much joy. Because it is the thing that gives you peace in all circumstances. It is the thing that gives you joy. Now, I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm not saying you're going to wake up and start praying and you're going to go to bed at night and you're going to stop. Like, it's not like that. But you can, we can pray more than we do. Brother Lawrence in his book said, and there came a point where the monks would ring the bell for prayer time. And they're like, I don't understand why. I've been praying already. Look at all these dishes I've washed up. I've been praying. And it's a good point. Now, I'm not saying that those specific times of prayer are not good. They are. We need to put distractions aside, just as Jesus went to be in a quiet place with the Father. We need to do the same, and we need to pray. But let us not think, I've done my prayer quota for today. Tick. What am I going to do now? So principle number one, he says, pray always. Number two, what else can we learn from this sentence? Praying at all times in the... Spirit. Now, what on earth does that mean, praying in the Spirit? Well, as charismatics, of which we are of that um, stream, if you like, charisma is the Greek word gifts, that we, we walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We often go to, don't we, praying in tongues. I think that's probably where most of us charismatics will head to. And, you know, Paul talked about all those gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, and you can read about that wonderful gift of, of praying in tongues. But this is not what Paul is meaning and talking about here. You see, praying in the Spirit here does not refer specifically to the words we say, rather it refers to how we are praying. You see, praying in the Spirit is praying according to the Spirit's leading, okay? That's what it means to say praying in the Spirit. It means being aware that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us in prayer. We often pray, do we not? Holy Spirit, would you just come now and we just lead us as we pray? You prayed that? What we're saying is, Lord, we want to be led by you as we pray. Another phrase we use is, Lord, I want to pray the prayers of heaven. And so this thing called praying, we need to be aware of the Holy Spirit's leading. I'll give you an example. On Friday, Friday's my day off because Sunday's my work day. So I do get a day off. Thank you very much. And And the kids were at school and Steph was out. And our dog was out as well. And it was the first time, and I can't remember how long, that I had the house to myself. I was, I was quite frankly giddy with excitement. Oh, what should I do? Well, I could do this, I could do that. I, thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch a movie. A movie that I know Steph won't, wouldn't normally like to watch. 
because this is my time. You know that? This is my time. So what kind of sci-fi? I love sci-fi. Steph, eh, not such a big sci-fi fan, are you, darling? No. We actually love a lot of the same movies, but sci-fi, bless her. She'll watch it with me sometimes if I really fancy, fancy watching that kind of movie, but she, ordinarily she won't. So I'm going to watch a sci-fi movie, and you go through Amazon or whatever, and I found Interstellar, which I remember watching when it came out in 2014. I thought, I'm going to watch it. It's three hours. I thought, well, I've got plenty of time, you know? It's like nine in the morning. I'll watch it three times if I have to. <laughs> so there I go. I put all the curtains down in the lounge, you know. Oh, I'll make it like a cinema. Turn the subwoofer up. None of the darling, can you turn the bass down? I hate that. It's too loud. The surround speakers, I feel like, no, none of that. Just turned it up. And I started watching this. This is brilliant. The windows did shake a bit when the... I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it's great. But you know what? I was unprepared. Okay, Pracy, without any spoilers, it's about humanity comes or mankind comes to a point at which the earth is breaking down and they're needing to find a solution, a new home. And so essentially Matthew McConaughey, who I find difficult to understand sometimes, but a great actor. Someone said me too, yeah. <laughs> it's that southern slur. About an hour in, I kind of picked it up. Um, he goes and blah, blah, blah. And he's got, he's got two kids. They don't have a mother. And I was unprepared for the emotion of it. I was blubbering like a baby the whole way through. Oh, no, don't leave your daughter. Oh, God, she's sad. Oh. Because, you know, they didn't leave on good terms. And the moment he drove off, she then ran out of the house and said, Daddy, come back. I'm like, oh, no, come back, look. You don't have to go without saying a proper goodbye. And then throughout the thing, there was other losses. And, oh, my giddy on, I was a wreck. I'm glad no one was around, quite frankly. Now, why am I telling you this rather humorous story? We're talking about being led by the Spirit because as I was watching it, I just felt as if, Lord, thank you for my daughters. I just pray for right now for them, whatever they're doing, Lord, just bless them. And Lord, just pray that I would just be the best father, the, the father you've called me to be. And then I was just struck by this search of mankind for hope and solution. I was like, Lord God, we need to know that you are our God and that you are our hope. And I was interceding. Now, it didn't distract from the enjoyment of the movie, by the way. You can do it at the same time. Because if you're watching a movie, you're thinking of something else, you're thinking of it or something in relation to it anyway. But you see, because I've made this decision, and I'm not saying I'm there, by the way. Don't get me wrong, I'm learning. But because I've made that decision to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer, I am learning when the Spirit is leading me and prompting me to pray. That when I feel something, when I feel an emotion or a word, whether it be watching a movie like Interstellar, you're going to watch that this afternoon, are you? That's great, it's a great movie. Or whether it might be, don't worry. If you watch it and you don't feel prompted to pray, don't feel condemned. That's all I'm saying, okay? Because the thing about being led in the Spirit is it's not the same for everyone because it's about the opportunity, right? We all okay? Good. Glad I got that one out of the way. But the point I'm trying to make is we should be aware that God is there for us and that he is prompting us to pray. Like oftentimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, I will automatically now start praying. Are you getting this? Yes. Excellent. So that's what it means here when it says in the Spirit. So what do we say? Number one, continually, an occasion for your disposition to pray, to use that. Number two, in the Spirit. Number three, now this is a very curious one. Are you ready? Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. What? 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this like a translation error? Pray with all prayer. I mean, Paul was getting old probably at this point. Near the end of the letter, he's like, oh, I'm just, just going to give up. No. There is a truth hidden in here, which is that sometimes we say our prayers, but we don't pray our prayers. You see, prayer is heart work. Prayer is not an intellectual exercise. It is all of us exercise. And I know there are times in my life where I will pray without praying. Oh God, I just pray you do this and that and thank you that you're there and amen. That's not praying. That's saying a prayer, but that's not praying. And you see, that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, pray in your praying, praying. Or prayer in your praying. Whatever the phrase is, you know what the phrase is. (laughs) You see, it is prayer offered in faith, engaged with our heart and our soul and our mind. That is what prayer is. And you know, can I give you a tip? Some, we, we do sometimes go to prayer cold, don't we? It's like, oh, Lord, yeah, thank you that you're there. I've got 10 minutes. Lord, I'll pray. But we need to press into praying. We need to press into praying. And if you feel like that, just say, Lord, Holy Spirit, would you just come now and just ignite my prayers? Ignite my heart, Lord. You see, Matthew 6, I'm going to go back to Matthew 6, the uh, um, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was saying, when you pray, he said this, do not be like the Pharisees. Essentially, the, 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 what he was saying was is that the Pharisees are more concerned about the words that are coming out of their mouth and their heart. They're not praying. And I think this is a really great challenge as we, as we maybe think about, right, you know what, as of today, as of this moment, I want to be a man or a woman of prayer. And say, Lord, would you help me pray in my praying? That's a great prayer. Because oftentimes we can pray and not pray. And that means oftentimes we need to give prayer time as well. But the other thing that it says here, praying with all prayer and supplication is, you know what, there's a prayer for how you're feeling. Going back to those list of eight, mix it up. Pray with all supplication or pray with all thanksgiving or pray with all intercession or pray with all devotion or pray with all contrition or pray with et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There is a prayer for how you are feeling because essentially Prayer is just the ability for you to express how you feel to a heavenly father that loves you. Prayer is the most amazing thing. I love prayer. I love, I'm not, you know, it's a walk, it's a journey, isn't it? Prayer is the most amazing thing. Okay, that's number three. Number four, let's continue. I hope you're being, benefiting from this. Number four, to that end, keep alert alert in prayer. I'll tell you one of the number one, and we've looked at this in the context of the devil's schemes. This is the number one devil scheme for you to stop you getting uh, praying. I'm so tired. Oh, I just feel really tired all of a sudden. You ever found that when you want to pray? Oh, I'll do it later. We've got to be alert. We've got to be sober-minded, as it says in the scriptures. Like, If we are praying in the context, as it is here, that we are in a battle and we need to stand strong, then we need to be alert. Now, I'm not suggesting get some matchsticks and do this. I am alert. I'm sure there's a Mr. Bean episode, isn't there? He does that. It's brilliant. (laughs) 
What I'm saying is be alert for what the enemy is doing. Say, Lord, what's happening right now? Why am I being so distracted? Lord, would you help me pray right now? Lord, would you just protect my mind from the enemy? So instead of us being passive in our praying and not being alert, let's be alert and recognize that we're in the battle and we need to stand strong. And that's what Paul is saying here. Okay, and then number five, we're going to continue reading. And he says this. With perseverance. And that's very similar to the previous point. And this really touches on one of those big questions at the start, which is why doesn't God always answer our prayers? I'm reminded of the parable that Jesus gave in Luke 18, the parable of the unjust judge and the persistent widow. You might recall that. The persistent widow kept going back to this unjust judge and eventually said, wow, because this lady is persistent, I will give her what she wants. And the point of the parable is, if that unjust judge will give her what she wants because of her persistence, how much more will your heavenly Father who loves you? And so there are times where we, Lord Jesus, you, we just come to you now and like, I just pray and ask for so-and-so. Okay, I'm done. Thank you very much. Well, God knows now. I'll leave it to him. Now, I know it's not that straightforward because then you go, well, hold on. If I prayed in faith, <laughs> why do I have to... There are seasons where you have to keep praying. That might be for loved ones. It might be for a situation. But what I'm saying is don't give up. Persevere. Why? Let me just give you some some answers as to why that perseverance is important. Number one, you see, God will either change your mind during that process. I've had it where I've prayed for things before, and as I've been praying and waiting on the Lord, I've realized, actually, you know what? I don't think that's what you want for me, Lord. He's changed my desire. I'll give an example. I, uh, about ooh, two years ago, I ordered a new car. It was a very nice car. And I put my deposit down. He said, right, it's going to be, uh, this was in, I want to say September. And he said, right, I'll be ready in November, December. So, okay, fine. November, sorry, sir, it's going to be delayed till January. Okay, fine. Come no, November, sorry, sir, it's going to be delayed to February. Like, Lord, I just pray this car would come quickly because I'm just getting fed up. And I started praying. I said, you know what, Lord? I think this has been delayed for a reason. I don't think you want me to get this car. Lord, would you just help me understand, Lord? Lord, if you don't want me to get this car, would I just have that? Would you just speak to me? Would I have that sense of peace? And he answered that prayer very quickly. And I called him and said, listen, I don't want the car. Sorry. Even if I lose a deposit, they said, we'll give you a deposit back. So that's an example. So praying in the spirit means we... We pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing at this moment? Other reasons. He tests your motives. God works on your character through perseverance. We know that to be true. Or he answers another prayer. If you've been praying for something, but you've also been praying that you'll be more like Jesus, you go, okay then. (laughs) i got a great way to make you more like Jesus. I'm going to delay that answer to prayer for a long time. Because Jesus... It's God, sorry, it's concerned about conforming us to the likeness of his son. And he will use all things. We are the project. Okay, so that's number five. Keep praying, keep praying. Number six, lastly, is intercede for others. He says this, making supplication for all the saints. You know, our prayer life should look outwards to others as well as to ourselves. Who has the Lord placed on your heart that needs you to pray for them? What situation are you aware of that needs your prayer? You know, when we looked at the shield of faith, we looked at these shields and how the Roman soldiers used them was that they could join them together 
so that if someone was wounded, they could join them and then drag them through and behind. You know, that's what our prayers are like. So there you go. There's some six principles of prayer that you can take some practical tips for how you can pray. Pray continually in all seasons. Number two, in the Spirit, be prompted by the Spirit. Be aware of the Spirit in your prayer. Number three, with all prayer. In other words, pray in your praying and mix it up. Number four, being alert when you pray, being aware of what's happening around you. Number five, with perseverance, keep pressing in. Don't give up because God is working in you and through you in the perseverance. And number six, let us pray for others. Now, as I end, I want to just say this. To borrow a phrase from Nike, how do we do this? Just do it. Or another phrase, don't just stand there, pray something. I've only got two of those, sorry, no more. But the point I'm trying to make is, if you feel prompted and say, you Lord, I believe that you've got more for me in this thing called prayer. And that if I really want to appropriate and have the armor on me and keep it on me, then I need to be praying. Then I want to say, just do it. And why can we just do it? And this comes to the, the heart of the gospel message, because Jesus has made a way for us to do so. The good news is that Jesus made a way for us to pray. Jesus made a way for us to have communion with the Father. And you might be watching me this morning or through the week, or you might be in this room, and you're saying, well, I've yet to say yes to Jesus. I want to, I want to just say this is your moment. Today, as it says in the Scriptures, is the day of salvation. What does it mean to be saved? It means to be saved from an eternity without him to an eternity with him. Being saved means that you don't need to bear the punishment of sin, which is death. Why? Because Jesus did it for you on the cross. And what that means is a life of fullness with the Father and the opportunity to commune with him, as we've just talked about this morning. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, how do you do it? Well, you just simply say, Lord Jesus, would you come into my life? I admit that I'm a sinner. What does that mean? It means I've missed the mark. We've all fallen short. Would you come now? And be my Lord and my Savior. If you've just prayed that prayer, maybe put your hands up in the chat. We have an opportunity there, and the, the team will be able to pray for you if you hit the request prayer button. Then you've just changed the course and the direction of your life, not just in this temporal earth, but for all eternity. You've made the most important decision in your life. But lastly, as I invite the band up, do you know what Jesus is doing right now for you and for I, for me? Do you think Jesus? Went up to heaven, now he's taking a break. Whew, that was hard work. No, do you know what Jesus is doing right now? He's not taking a break. He's preparing a place for you and me, and he's praying for us right now. It says in Hebrews 7, 25, Consequently, Jesus is able to save to the utmost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. You see, Jesus is our high priest. Jesus is praying for us. And that is how we can pray to him. Can we all stand together as I pray and as we worship? Thank you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's just wait for a few moments. Just center yourself. For a home, I know it's difficult with the distractions around, but just center yourself on him. Just fix your eyes on Jesus right now. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we can stand strong. 
that we can move forward, Lord, in all that you have for us because you have provided a way for us. And Lord, I pray that as we end this series, Lord, that, Lord, we would all learn to move in prayer and to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. And if you want to respond to this word, you say, Lord, that's me. I want to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. Then I just want to invite you, just put your hand on your heart, a way of saying symbolically, Lord, yeah, that's me. And maybe you do that at home as well if you're at home. Say, Lord, yeah, I want to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer because you've got so much more for me in prayer, Lord. <laughs> Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, come now and get people excited. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. The opportunity to commune with you was purchased by the shedding of your blood, Jesus. Forgive us, forgive me where I've taken it for granted. Lord, I want to pray without ceasing. I want to pray with all prayers. Lord Jesus, I want to pray in the Spirit. Lord Jesus, I want to pray and be alert. Lord Jesus, I want to pray with perseverance. Lord Jesus, I want to pray for others because I, Lord, want to move in all that you have for me. I want to be a world changer for your name. And Lord, I know that without prayer, I can do nothing. Without prayer, Lord, I cannot stand strong. Without prayer, Lord Jesus, I cannot appropriate the armour that you have got for me. I cannot get it on me and I cannot keep it on me. Come, Holy Spirit, come and just minister now, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. I just declare a season of abundance in prayer, that this is to be a season of prayer. Lord, would you just release that now, Lord, for all that are responding? whether at home or in the building. Come, Lord Jesus, in the balcony. I see you down here and downstairs as well. Come, Lord Jesus. That as we move on from this series, Lord, we do so standing strong. And I pray, Lord, that all the words that have been spoken over these past nine weeks would bear fruit for your glory, Lord. And let us worship together. Thank you, Lord. Amen.